Hi everyone, I hope you're having an amazing day. You know, as I talk to the folks that I coach or some of my friends that are still working, the biggest complaint that continually comes across every single time is just how busy they are at work and they're burning out. And when I ask them, why is that? It's always meetings, meetings, meetings. There's just endless amounts of meetings and emails. And they end up spending their time, they feel like wasting their time in meetings and wasting their time reading volumes of email. And they don't have the time to get the work done that they think they need to get done. So in this chat, what I want to talk to you about is how to ruthlessly defend your time. Because at the end of the day, it is your time, but only you can defend it. So this is not going to be a chat about how you run a more effective meeting. If you want that, I've actually already done a podcast on that. So you can go check that one out. That's a different podcast. This is probably also not a podcast about um, how do you manage all the emails. I may touch on a couple of email things here. But if you want that, again, there's, there's tons of tips and tricks about how you can be more efficient there. I want you to think about this topic a little bit more holistically. So that said, let's jump right in. Remember, the problem here is that you feel like you just don't have enough time in the day. You're attending ton of meetings that are not adding value to your day. With that said, tip number one, the very first thing you need to do is to define what is important to you. And if your boss is involved, sit down and make sure you understand and agree with them what's important for you to be, you know, to do and what you what you're being held accountable for. That's where you you need to go figure that thing out first. Because if you don't know that, honestly, you don't have a good objective basis to then defend your time. You what are you defending? if you don't know what's important to you. So go figure that out. How are you, you know, what are you being held accountable for? What outcomes are you being asked to achieve? And what measures are out there that they will measure your, um, you know, your success or not? That's what's important. So the other thing that can be important too is the things that you value. So for example, it may not just be metrics at work that you're accountable for. It could be that you personally value building professional relationships. That's okay. That's fine. But the point is you have to determine what is important to you because then and only then can you start to prioritize whether you do something toward that end or not. So step number one, go figure out what's important to you. Number two is to do an audit of how you are spending your time. Actually, this wasn't my idea. Um, I worked um, a few years ago. I worked with a lady named Shannon and she started working with me and about a month into it, she comes to me and we'd already talked about what was important to her. But, you know, as with a lot of jobs that people inherit, there was somewhat already a cadence built in of meetings that, that you go to and so on and so forth. So, we sat down when she first started working and we talked about what was important, what she was being held accountable for and the metrics, you know, employee engagement. And about a month after she started working with me, she sat me down and she says, Hey, 
I did an audit of my time and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Very impressive that you took the, you know, you were proactive to do that. She goes, here is every single minute of how she spent the last week, the 40 hours, right? Eight to five every day. Um, she documented what she was doing and it was everything. Literally, it was like hanging out in the break room was on there, you know, whatever it be, but it was literally an audit of everything she did. And after she started showing me the audit, she came to the conclusion that there were things that she was doing that didn't help what was important to her, what she was being held accountable for. And she wanted to get my take on whether she should stop doing them. And of course, my answer was absolutely don't do those things. So know what's important, but the best place to start cutting out um, wasted effort is to know if you are wasting effort. So go do this audit to see how you're spending your time. Just just try it just on Monday morning, one day, just start logging things, right? And it, it won't be perfect. You may have bi-weekly things, but whatever, you, you get the idea. So uh, the, the benefit of doing step number two is knowing really and truly and being honest with yourself about how you truly are spending your time. Um, step number three, is now that you know what's important, go ahead and proactively block your calendar to put the very big things on your calendar and be specific for everything you need to get done. Make it literally um, a calendar um, entry to do to accomplish something specific. Do not put something generic like desk time ever because here's the thing, you, you've already tried that. And what happens is that desk time is the first thing to go. It, it, so don't even put it on there, right? Put something specific like read this presentation or prepare this presentation. Do, give yourself calendar entries for specific outcomes and do not underestimate how long it will take. For some reason, magically, everything either takes 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, or at most two hours. I, I don't believe that, right? Um, go, go be honest with yourself to see how long you think it will take and block that time appropriately. Tip number three, tip number four, start deciding on your overarching nose up front. So what do I mean by that? It's th there's some things that you're going to say no to right up front, always, every time they come up. So you already know ahead of time when these situations or things come up, you already know that your answer is going to be no. So for example, Let's say that, um, you know, you've got your own projects to do, you're behind, you can't get your work done, but you notice that there's this other team who constantly keeps calling you and inviting you to meetings because you're an expert. You know, you, you know, there is something that you know that may actually may even be able to help them, right? But here's the thing. If that's not something you're being held accountable for and it doesn't help you and and maybe let, for now give me some creative license it doesn't fall into that whole you know okay i'm going to help them because they're my friend and i value that it, you know go figure out the thing where it doesn't help you but it is somehow still taking your time and so when it comes up in the future you know immediately just say no so go figure out what those no's are up front and so when they come it's easier for you to say no which leads to number five. How do you say no politely? A lot of people won't say no because it's just hard for them to say no. And sometimes I found that just having, learning a polite way to say no is just enough for them to have enough um, courage or whatever it takes to, to say no to somebody. And you know, the simple technique that I've always used, don't 
confuse intent with behavior. Behavior is the thing you actually go through with, but the intent is what's in your heart. And so I use that when I have to say no to somebody because my intent is always to help. So I literally say to them, either in person or in an email, hey, you know I value our relationship and I would love to help you. I really would. I really want to help you. However, I've got some priorities of my own that I'm behind on that I really need to tend to. And they'll understand, right? So that's an easy way to learn how to say no politely. Number six, so you know now what's important to you, right? You now can build your your prioritization lists. And by the way, there's a talk that I do, and I, I always start to talk with, it's not that you don't have enough time. It's that you don't have clear priorities. So if you do go figure out what your priorities are, which are the things that are important to you, tip number six then is, Be consistent when prioritizing your core values and what's important to you above everything else. You got to do that consistently because if you don't, you're just going to get in the habit of going back to the old, okay, this is urgent for somebody else and it's easy. I'll bang it out in 15 minutes and everybody will be happy. Well, you know, here's the thing, by the way, a little segue sidebar. There was a study done about how long it takes to for someone to refocus after they're interrupted. And literally, it takes, I think it was like 15 minutes. So let's say you're reading a presentation, and uh, a little alert goes off on your phone, and you literally look down at your phone, your brain switches from what you were looking at to looking at the alert on your phone, you go tend to that alert on your phone, and then you jump back into reading the presentation, 15 minutes before you can get back into that same zone of focus that you were before you got distracted. So it, God forbid it's, it's a, a 30 minute meeting, you know, you're going to lose so much time for these little tiny things that you don't realize you think are nothing. And by the way, that will show up in your audit from step number two. If you go do this audit and get down to that level where you're like, you know, um, got distracted with an OC and read that for four minutes and then got back to my presentation, you'll see that all of these little things add up over the course of a week. There'll be hours and hours of time that you're just wondering where did the time go? And that's where it goes, right? Is all these little things that you don't realize are happening, right? So be consistent in prioritizing your core values above everything else. If you need to review a presentation and give the feedback back to your team, block all the time, go lock yourself in a room away from distractions, go get it done. Tip number seven, do the things on your calendar. Schedule calendar things when you have the right energy and demeanor to do them. So let's say you're not a morning person. You don't like talking to people in the morning. Don't load up all your one-on-one meetings with your team first thing in the morning, right? You're just going to hate it. It's going to be ineffective. It's going to drag out. If you do your best thinking in the morning, schedule those times where you need to go sit down literally and make that calendar item. Think about the strategy to to do XYZ, you know, block those times in the morning. So, you know, tip number seven, put things on your calendar when you know you'll have the right energy and the demeanor to do them effectively. And that's why a lot of companies just don't have Friday afternoon meetings because everybody's tired. They're looking at the clock. They want to go have, you know, a happy hour and everybody's like, 
checked out. Follow that rule. Tip number eight then, uh, along a similar line, but maybe a little bit more, is have a sacred time of day. And what that means is, even during a workday, you've got to carve out some me time for yourself, right? Uh, For me, it may be... um, one of the things I used to do is I used to do my best thinking in the morning. So I would actually get up first thing in the morning and I would knock out a half hour's worth of email just to get all of the urgent and important things responded to. So I feel like I have a little bit of breathing room and then I'd go get a cup of coffee, right? And I just sometimes I'd just go sit in a break room and chat with a colleague for 20, 30 minutes. You know, don't underestimate how much just carving out a little bit of time for yourself throughout the day. Maybe you go for an afternoon walk or maybe once a week you have a coaching call, something that's going to to re-energize you and give you back energy as opposed to all the things that are sucking the life out of you right now, right? So go figure out what your routine is. And it could be multiple things, multiple times a day, coffee in the morning, uh, you know, lunch break and an afternoon walk, whatever. Because it's, look, if you, here's, here's a trade-off. If you don't, you, you may think, look, I don't have time to do that. Okay, go think about it. If those things, which may in total take, I don't know, two hours. Let's say in total it takes two hours, half hour in the morning, an hour at lunch, and a half hour in the afternoon. Go figure out if you're going to be more effective in the other six hours. And I know you guys are laughing. You're like, six hours? Who are you? Uh, but but <laughs> go figure out if you're going to be more effective in the other six hours than if you tried to work a full eight hours. What is the quality of your work? What is your mental state? Because, you know, you're burning out. Okay? Guard that sacred time. As we move on, let's talk a little bit about meetings, Right? Step number nine, um, vet every single meeting invite you get to make sure that you're either adding value or receiving value and that is aligned to what's important to you. And that's that's the key, right? Because I'm sure there are a lot of meetings that you can go add value to somebody else. But if that's not what's important to you, then you're not ruthlessly defending your time to go do the things that are step one important to you. And you have to do this with every single meeting. And I know that there are some weekly meetings that you guys go to that you just automatically accept because it is the core team meeting. And you literally sit there and you either listen for your name while you're doing something else. And ultimately, you know, you think you're multitasking and you're not doing anything effectively other than just feeling overwhelmed and burned out because you're in this meeting, which your your mental state is going, oh my gosh, I can't even focus and concentrate. So you're going to try to read some emails and you're half listening for your name. Look, it's just not a good situation, right? Now, I know the other thing you're saying is, well, hang on, a lot of these meetings are called by my boss. I think, you know, I, I, I... I would like you, if you're in a situation, to go to your boss and say, look, I'm burning out and I've got to figure out how to carve out more time. So even though you're calling these meetings, respectfully, I'd like to make sure that for each and every occurrence, I can add value or I can receive value. And if so, I will attend. But I got to believe that some of these meetings don't fit that criteria. 
And so whatever it is, and especially court team meetings, these are notorious because the project managers just sit there and they go through, okay, what are the action items from last time? What are the problems that we have to address? What are the new actions? And they just kind of go through this, go through the motions. And look, guys, everybody's been doing this for the last 30 years. It doesn't work, right? Every single core team meeting, weekly core team meeting has to have an outcome. Like we will resolve this specific problem. We will resolve that specific problem when it pertains to you. Or I would challenge them, say, you know what, if you need me, I'll actually, you know, I'll be at my desk. If you need me, OC, you know, um, go ahead and get, give me a, a, a an IM and I will jump into the meeting. But don't, but other than that, I'm not coming. If you can't tell me specifically how I'm going to be involved. So just do your best to try to vet those meetings. That's the point. Uh, last tip is communicate better. And that's one of the things I've always tried to do that, that really helps. I mean, I have absolutely been in a situation where I watched two people literally waste, uh, I, I don't know, it, it was over a three-week period. No progress was made. So that was the... Um, that was the whole duration of this time was three weeks. The amount of effort put in during that three weeks, maybe I would say four or five hours where these two folks were just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So over a period of three weeks, nothing was progressing and five hours worth of meeting time. And it was a simple miscommunication. And I went into both parties independently and separately, shared the points of view on where I thought they were miscommunicating and suggested a framework to move forward. And it was resolved within next meeting within 30 minutes. It, the whole thing was resolved. Actually, it was 20, yeah, whatever, 30 minutes. Whole thing was resolved. So the point is, be very clear in all your communications in any form especially about what your expectations are. Just be very, very clear. It will save you a ton of wasted time down the road. The other thing you might want to do in emails, every time people send you an email, if they're not good at sending emails, you know, people just send you these big rants or pages of information or FYI, and there's a 40-page thread. I don't read those, by the way. If somebody sends me a, hey, please respond to this, and, and I have to read through 10 pages of a, of, a, of a thread, I won't do it. Ask people to summarize what they want from you. Because here, think about this. They're putting all of the burden on you. Well, since when was that acceptable, right? So start responding back to people. If what they want from you in this email or what you can get from this email isn't crystal clear, I would simply respond back and say, please summarize what you want from me what actions or behaviors you want from me or what you want me to get out of this email and, and just start doing that, okay? So same thing, by the way. So another trick is to, by the way, scan the email quickly. And if you can't figure out how you can add or receive value that's important to you, I, I would, if you're nice about it, go ahead and respond back to them. Half the time, I would just ignore it. Let me tell you what, the smart people, they're ignoring your unclear emails right now. Those people that you say, I never get a response from them. Go look at how much progress they're making on their own stuff, and you're going to go, hmm, they're making a lot of progress on their own stuff. So some people's figured it out. And here's another interesting thing I've, I've, I've observed. The less email you send, the less email you're going to get. So try different forms of communicating. It could be, you know, doing an instant message or... Yeah, I don't think people call people anymore. We used to do that. But 
you know, we've gotten into this mode where the de facto form of communication is email. So you literally have conversations. We, we are attempting to have real-time conversations through email. And go think about that. I'll tell you, uh, when my daughter was a teenager, she had um, her first boyfriend. I I was shocked. She had 14,000 text messages in one month. And it was literally because they were having real-time conversations by text. And some of these were like one letter, one word texts, right? You know, but that's the point. We're doing the same thing in email. And it's just adding more time for you to read email. So the big problems is, you don't have enough time, you're spending all your time in meetings, and you're spending all your time reading emails and not enough time doing the work that you need to be doing. So think about how you're going to ruthlessly defend your time through these 10 steps. Because deal, guys, here's the deal. We've evolved into a world where it's become acceptable for people to steal your time right? Through, through just bringing you into meetings or sending you these emails that put the burden on you. But at the end of the day, it is your time. So it's up to you to figure out how to defend it. I hope you enjoyed this chat. If you did, please subscribe. And if you know someone else who may like these types of chats, please share the podcast with them as well. Thanks for listening.